Welcome to a new episode of Liftoff, a Jets football podcast, with your host, Chris, and from playlikeajet.com, Mr. Sean Phillip. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter slash X at Liftoff Jets. You can follow Charmin at GrownFolk1980. You can follow myself at CP7NY. And you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. And you can also find us at sportswireradio.org. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the other scheduling of the other great shows that are on there. So, Charmin, little surprise this weekend in the championship games. But uh, yeah. I think before we get into those games, we were having a conversation on Twitter um, with some people, our good friend Michael, um, about the options that we could go in, the different directions we could go in and trying to fix the Jets' offensive line, which is obviously a mess right now. Um so what, why don't you start it off, and we'll get into it. What what are some of the options that we could go in? I, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think everybody. I, I we've had this conversation. Or we've had a couple conversations um, where I stand on on what the options are, and for me, um, surrounding our center, who I think everybody should will admit is is filled with uh, potential and is incredibly talented um and uh that's a good base to start with the the only issue is trying to fill in a wider uh an offensive line in one off season the kind of numbers we're talking about adding three new bodies or something like that that's almost impossible to do hmm. um and um you will need to find a beast of a left tackle or right uh, or somebody at a right tackle that could play for the next seven, eight, nine years, ten years as a jet. Um, and then you would go have to go find a guard that on um. Uh, and an, and another tackle, probably an older tackle that that's in the free agent, a free agent tackle, right? So you're talking about three additions to a to a offensive line in a one off season. And you need to hit on all of them. That sounds like an incredible mountain to climb. Um, and uh, it's it's it feels like. The Jets are gonna take well if because as a fan, firstly, the first the first thing that comes to mind is hey, listen, what they've done before, kind of all their past moves, will probably mirror a lot of what they would do going forward, which is uh, maybe stick with somebody somewhere on that line because potentially, like I said, lining up three able-bodied guys that would probably put your offensive line a cut above is incredibly difficult to do. Um, and of course, because of that, you know, the notion of climbing that mountain or finding these three bodies, the conversation swings to, well, AVT should, you know, be a tackle because it's harder to find two tackles than it's to find two guards. Uh, and I, and some of some people that I've spoken to, um, I think we've we've there's a lot of reasons why this is a bad idea. And there was, and even when Chris and I were talking um before we started recording, there was one thing I did not mention, which worries me. <clears throat> I don't know if there's any correlation to it, but one of the things that kind of bothers me is twice um, when AVT was put out on tackle, that's where he got his injury. Yeah. That 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 kind of bothers me. Um, that's number one. Number two, like I said, like... Do you, do you think that had something to do with it? 
like I said, I don't know if, if there is any correlation. I, I, I can't tell you it is. Um, but, but the thing, but that, that definitely kind of played in my mind when, when asked about it, that's, that's one of the things, but my main issue with the move is the type of God that AVT is in my opinion. Um, I think he's a damn near elite type of God. And in my opinion, he hasn't even, he seriously hasn't scratched the surface in my opinion, but the potential of what you see him do game in and game out when he is healthy is to me, mind blowing. When you put him out on tackle, he's good. It's not earth shattering. He could play well. I think what makes it stand out so much is the fact that you're talking about uh, somebody that's playing on the interior to the level that we're talking about, still being able to go out and play and manage to play outside and, uh, and ties up people's notion of what he is. He is not a tackle. I think he's a guard that could play out there. That's the thing. And and to me, everybody falls in love with the, with the argument that, well, well, that give, that makes it easier for the Jets because if we don't have to find two tackles, then it kind of makes the you know the fact that we have to find two you know it kind of numbs the pain of having to try to find two tackles and probably being turned down by some free agent you know and we we're like having to find some bare bones guy that kind of that gave up fifty sacks last year you know I understand that. But the so people like <laughs> the 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 you I think you have to go with the best five you could find. And to me, finding a young man to to play right next to AVT on the outside, is, in my opinion, and then going out and trying to pay, even if it means overpaying, uh, uh, uh. A left tackle, a more senior left tackle is a good way to go. But it also could be flipped because if you we could get our hands on one of the top three tackle prospects and get a, a guy that has, has a ton of snaps at left tackle that has incredible in, um, uh, potential and pedigree and put him at left tackle and then find one of those serviceable tackles and put them at right tackle, which I think is a little bit of an easier move to do yeah. when you when you put that together in my opinion and you have on the interior right you could because to me the growth of of our center is 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 something that another thing i'm thinking of you you pair him with avt inside to me that grows his potential even more and so, you know, there's other thoughts on, on my mind, but what I just said, the line trying to get in a serviceable uh, free agent to play right tackle, snatching up one of those top three or top two tackles from, from the draft, um, yeah. which, which is, which is going to be tough to do. <laughs> um, because there's a lot of more teams looking for tackles too. One of them is, um, but one of them is going to fall to 10. Yeah, it looks that way because and of the of because all... of the wide receivers and the and the quarterback. But it's still early. It's very early in the process. So we, we haven't had the combine yet. And and players' names are coming are coming falling through and some of them are climbing the ladder also. So um it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens, but but yeah. for me, my feeling is before Chris says what he would like or what he thinks was is the best way to go at this. I think the my best is to find to grab one of those young guys that have incredible talent from the first round, stick them at left tackle, uh, stick with a, a left guard that I mean, I know <laughs> he you know you don't have a choice at this point who you know that's okay you know he's not he's not incredibly horrible but he's okay and then we have incredible incredible potential at center um at left guard and we could have a serviceable right tackle i think when you put that put it that I, to me that shines better for me 
Yeah. No, I, you know what? I agree with you. I don't think moving AVT is the right move, but it's probably the easier move for the Jets. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but because if you move him out to right tackle, it's easier to find a guard, right, than a tackle. I think that's, that might be their, you know, their thinking process in this. I don't know. I'm just taking a guess. But here's the other thing they might get rid of Tomlinson with the way he's played the last couple of seasons. You know, they might cut him. Yeah, I want to see. I, I'll, listen, I don't know, but I, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna put it to you this way. I'll I'm I'm gonna acknowledge it when it when I see it happen. Because right. this coaching staff has been very slow to hold some of their guys, quote unquote guys accountable. Right. Because there's a lot of these falling in love with guys because they're like, oh, you didn't see it. He's a very quote. Listen, <laughs> the whole conversation surrounding Alan Lazard by by Robert Sala has, for a better, for lack of a better word, pissed me off. You cannot tell me that this guy, we as fans, we watching football, right? Watch him literally kind of give up on the season because it was going bad. Whereas all these people, all these guys are working so hard the whole season, right? Because you're spoiled and you were in Green Bay where you were constantly were in con- contention all the time. And then for the first time in your career, you had to work hard on a team where you weren't going to go nowhere. You, you kind of gave up. I'm sorry. That's what it looked like to me. You could correct me if I'm wrong somewhere. That's what it... And then the, the coach comes out and said, oh, no, you guys didn't see what I saw. He's a hard working. What? Well, you got to remember, too, right? Like, they did bench him. Right? They benched him. For yeah, him. I mean, I, I, under, I understand but that. Did, I, you know. They did. I'm, I, I'm, trust me. They I'm did. Not You're right. You're I'm right. And so whatsoever. I agree with You're you. Right. But, <laughs> you know, like, number one, they did bench him. And number two, we still don't know how it is in that locker room. Like, we don't know. He might, you know, he might be tearing them apart in, in the locker I don't think he's like that, but we really don't know. And Agreed, but, agreed. Right? So that's why I don't, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying there are other, you know, you know, possibilities in this situation. But I do remember them sitting him for a game or two. So I Yes, I, I do a, myself, yes. I, I And trust me, I didn't think they would do that because of what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just felt, I just felt like, as much as they benched him, I know the whole, oh, the whole shtick about, you know, you don't blow up, you know, blow players up or whatever. But this dude, like to me, if, if somebody deserved being called out, he, he did. You know what I mean? And I understand, you know, the coach doing that might, might, you know, provide an opportunity to lo- lose the locker room. You know, but. I just, you know, and there were other instances too, in my opinion, that I call into question when it comes to Robert Sala and his players. Um, that I just don't, I, I am hesitant to believe that they're gonna cut Tomlinson. Yeah, and well, it, it makes sense not to, right? Forget about saving the money, but it makes more sense to keep him because the the offensive line is just a big mess right now and they need some kind of stability. And that's my other point. Do you think if they do end up keeping Tomlinson and you Mm. do keep Tipman in center, right? Mm. Do you think that will improve his play if there's more stability on the line? Who, Tomlinson? Yeah. Do you think he his his play will improve this year? Or do you think he's just what he is now? The problem with the problem with most of what I saw with Tomlinson is the is that he just didn't look like the guy that played for the 49ers at all. It, it and it and it kind of permeated throughout the line. It was these a lot of the his missed assignments that were the issue of miscommunication. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so so yes, he his technique is kind of flawed. He he ends up his feet getting stuck because his, he doesn't move his feet enough. You you know you see that and you're like, man, that looks like injury or just old age, you know, because he's not his feet don't keep moving, so he you know he ends up on his butt a lot. Um, he gets blown back too much because he's losing his anchor quickly. 
Um, I don't know if that could change, but the one thing that you can't you 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 can't say about a player like him is that you can't say that he's not experienced. And his experience, in my opinion, is always a good uh, injection into a line where there's youth. You know, um, even if his place is his play is not up to par, it's always good to have a veteran that's um, that's able to point out certain things. You know, um, and iron out some wrinkles here and there, even if his play is not well. And you could always do well with one weak link on a line. There's a ton of offensive line. There's not a ton, but there's good offensive lines in the NFL. Very good offensive lines in the NFL that have one guy that you're going. How is that guy over there? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, because there's also there's always ways that um, that you could cover a guy, especially um, if you're really, really, you know, into you know making certain play calls and adjustments to create that opportunity. Um, so that's why I, I in my in my option, I'm not even trying to get rid of him because. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going out there and trying to, you know, trying to get two guards. Yeah, you you might think it's easy to get get a guard, but we're talking about the le- what's the level of player we're talking about. You know, that's the problem. Yeah, you could get a ton of them, but are they going to be able to play? Right. Play well, you know, and, that's the problem. And you know what? I I think the biggest problem is yeah. I think we're gonna like. What if we find Whatever the offensive line ends up being, the thing I'm worried about is the coaching, the offensive yeah, line yeah. coach, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that was a big problem this year, and they didn't replace him. And this year, even if we get a good starting five, what happens when, when and if you know injuries start occurring, and this guy has to play here or this guy has to play there? I feel like we're not going to have a shot because we've seen what happened this year. He just was not able to, you know, coach these guys up. Right. Coach right. people up, teach people, you know, you have a system that to me, um, from my uh, limited knowledge of offensive line coaching, it's always, there's always a kind of a, 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 a an answer to every question, basically uh, written into the, into the way offensive line is being taught, you know, um, and maybe it is just basic to the point where it's almost tiring, you know, where, Hey, your feet has to be here. You have to do this on every, you know, pass block. You have to get your hands over here, no matter what you have to get your eyes over here. And when you can't convey the basic tenets of your belief of how offensive line is played to your offensive line and get them to buy into that, in my opinion, and it's not only just offensive line. I think any of any of these positions in football, I think you lose your, your guy. And that's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like everybody was all over the place. There was no yeah. straight through line of belief in how to attack that the game plan that they were provided weekly. And because of that, um, they suffered a lot in, in, in both the run game and the pass game. Um, I don't think I saw the Jets move line, move offense defensive lines to that much at all. I think um fish, it, it it's it, it was just horrible and, and it bothers me because you're telling me you're gonna get one of those incredibly talented young men and bring them into New York. To coach to play with a coach that is iffy. What are you gonna do to this guy's career? Yeah, <laughs> I I think the coaching is the bigger problem than the players. That's that's my yeah. opinion, just from what we've seen last year, this past season. But so anyway, we'll, we're gonna get into it more after the Super Bowl. We'll start getting into the draft a little more and start previewing positions and really get into it. But. Um, let, let's get into the games that uh, we've seen this past weekend, the championship games. Uh, let's start off Kansas City beating Baltimore 17-10. Uh, we kind of got into it uh, before the game 
you know, on last week's show, uh, basically, yeah, don't be shocked if Kansas City wins this game, but we were expecting <laughs> Baltimore to win. But obviously, uh, listen, one thing we got to we got to start looking at Kansas City like we do, like we did with New England on their run. Like you can't doubt this team anymore. No matter what they look like during a regular season, playoffs come, you know it's a different team because they know how to get it done. And um, Baltimore, once again, Lamar Jackson, and I've said it, you know, we've said it before, he's got that monkey on his back about winning a big game in the playoffs. Yeah, he won last, you know, the week before, but this was the championship game. This was to get into the Super Bowl, and that monkey got back on his back about not winning a big game. Uh, he didn't have a great game. Didn't look good. Um, he looked very hesitant in the, in you know, in the pocket. Like, even when he was getting ready to run or when he should have ran, maybe he didn't. So that kind of bothered me about him. The play calling was, I thought, horrendous. Uh, just to give you a quick number, they carried the ball. They're running backs. The Baltimore Ravens running backs. Carried it combined, six carries. Yeah. Three for Gus Edwards and three for Justice Hill. That yeah. you don't win that way. You know who ran the ball six times? Patrick Mahomes carried the ball six times. That's just to show you a comparison. But also it for the Chiefs, Pacheco ran the ball 24 times. Mm-hmm. And we always and, he, and, and and what was his what is his yard per carry? It wasn't high for Pacheco, only point nope. eight. Yep. But exactly. Didn't you matter. You grind it out. Yep. Right? Kelsey, huge game. 11 catches, 116 yards. But, you know, the Ravens defense did their job. They held it together. You know, they, they gave up the points early on, but they kind of, you know, they made their adjustments and they hang, they hung in the game. You know, they gave the Ravens offense a shot to come back. And, you know, the one big play, Zay Flowers, you know, he fumbled at the goal line. That was that was a heartbreaker. But overall, I mean, the offense was kind of silent the whole game for the Ravens. What what do you think? Watching it, this this was a this was a coaching clinic by by Spagnolo. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I I don't want to speak for every NFL defensive coach, but I think most NFL defensive coaches would would go the Spagnolo route as in, listen, I know you're better at passing the football now, but I still don't believe that's your bread and butter. Your bread and butter is your legs. I'm going to take that from you and force you to be a drop back passer. Prove to me that you could beat me throwing the ball. And the combination of, what pe- what they call blitzes, which they kept saying in my in 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 the broadcast was blitzes. I I went back and I I, I kind of listened to a couple people that I trust that uh, actually do football for a living, and a lot of what I heard was that's not what blitzing is. Of course, there were blitzes because Spagnolo does blitz, but a lot of what they were doing was basically four down linemen, right? And they would basically do what they would insert a fifth rusher all the time. And the fifth rusher wasn't, it was mostly a contained rush. It was a contained rush where they weren't really going at him more like they were basically kind of rushing and kind of going, where you going, where you going, where you going to go? You know, like kind of chopping their feet, waiting, you know, to see where he's going to go. Almost like a spy. Well, there were also spies, but but he's still rushing. The guy I'm saying, he's rushing, but he's hesitantly rushing. You know, that slow movement into the backfield, basically having, forcing Lamar Jackson to do, to kind of go to his instinct. And his instinct is running. And he had to, he was forcing himself to throw the football. Well, on the back end, they were disguising a lot of the looks. So, the combination of doing what I said, uh, manipulating the numbers at the line of scrimmage where, hey, you could run your powers or whatever, but we have numbers. Number one, if you paid attention to the game, 
the front, the line, the different, the front of the defense for the Chiefs were literally on the line of scrimmage the whole game. The, everybody was up there, and uh, Tranquil and 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 um, and what's the middle linebacker's name? Um, oh, um, Bolton. Yeah, and and the other and the other kid, I forget his name. Those guys like they literally stayed on the line of scrimmage the whole time, and Drew Tranquil was a beast. I mean, the amount of plays he was making. There was the one where. The ball got batted up in the air, and Lamar caught the ball. And for yeah. me, <laughs> if Lamar, if Tranquil didn't get Lamar's um, laces, he was gone. Yeah, you know what I mean. They like to me the 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 Chiefs just kept making play after play after play after play, and especially you're talking about that first half of the game or the first quarter and a half of the game. Where the Chiefs drove down the football, right? They drove down the field. That that first and ten touch touchdown to Kelsey in the red zone, where basically they the Ravens got the matchup they wanted, their best guy against the Chiefs' best guy. But guess what? Patrick Mahomes de- delivered the ball exactly where it was supposed to go. You know what I mean? And nothing the safety could have done could have stopped the fact where the ball was gonna go. Nice catch, ridiculous throw, right? You, as a defense, having beaten some of the best teams in the NFL, like not just beaten, like pounded the crap out of them, right? And you and you play the Chiefs, and the Chiefs just come in and just drive down the field, all nonchalant, like, hey, man, you're not even here. And then come and do it again. I it it to me, it set a certain kind of panic into their coaching. Because the adjustments that the Ravens were supposed to do were non-existent. They never reverted back to what they are, which is a power-running football team. They went into drop-back mode, and I texted you one time, Zay Flowers is the only matchup here winning. Yeah, nobody else. And the, yeah. And, invisible. And, then the Chief, and then the Chiefs started taking him away, and then guess what? Nowhere to go with the ball. Yeah. And, not only is there nowhere to go with the ball, but also the lanes that everybody can, everybody's like taking still photos of of space for Lamar to run. If you watch the game live, the spaces would shut down so quickly and people were literally waiting for him to start running. That's what the Chiefs, the Chiefs were begging him, begging him to throw the ball because they took away those lanes. They they were like, is I is are you gonna use your instinct or are you not? And he made the decision to you know go away from his natural instinct to run the ball, and he started throwing the ball. And the disguises, the fact, in my opinion, again, these wide receivers are just not it. Flowers is the guy, you know. Um, I think again another 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 thing when. When the tight ends went out to 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 for for um on route concepts, the the linebackers and the safeties of the Chiefs were plastering them. They took a, likely had a couple catches. He had to make incredible catches to ca- to catch those balls, to to get open. So, in my opinion, as as much as this is this is yes a failure by the Baltimore Ravens. They, they definitely gave the game away by not reverting to what they do best on offense. And their defense just, yeah, the, on the first half, had a slow start causing the, the Chiefs to put up points early. I think this is more of a clinic by, by the Chiefs of execution when needed and coaching when needed. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And once again, the Chiefs, and the coaching staff, like you said, Spagnola. I mean, we've seen him do it to the to the Patriots when he was with the Giants, shut them down. I mean, it's amazing how this guy he's but he's also the classic example of the coordinator is just not a great head coach, but he's better as a coordinator, right? Because we've seen yeah. him as head coach, it just didn't work out. Maybe he gets another shot. Maybe he doesn't want another shot. 
<laughs> maybe he's happy being a coordinator, you know. But um, right. to me, like like you said, the Ravens got away from what they were, you know, with grounding, you know, with with running the ball. Like I said, they got six. They ran the ball six times with their running backs. That's yeah. ridiculous. Zay Flowers and, had two carries. I yeah, mean, and no power runs, no just okay. no designed runs for the quarterback either. Something that they had done all season. Right. There was none, none of that going on. And you also had the return of Mark Andrews, and he was invisible. He had two two catches for 15 yards. Yeah. Isaiah Likely, who's been a weapon for them without Andrews there, two car- two catches, 16 yards. Yeah. So this was there, there was there was another thing that I wanted to mention too that that I don't think a lot of I saw I didn't listen to a lot of um um you know shows talking about the game like that but but um one of the things I I kind of saw and correct me if I'm wrong right when things started going wrong for the for the Ravens I think there was kind of a negative cloud hanging over Lamar Jackson um I did not like particularly how down he looked his facial expressions the way he was reacting um i think one of the um i I don't know who i ever i heard it heard say it first but one of the things that you kind of uh you see over time with offensive with offensive players and quarterbacks basically the great quarterback is they never get too high or they never get too low and unfortunately for me, I saw a lot of the getting too low thing with, with, um, with Lamar Jackson. And I think when you have young players like uh, Likely and, and and Zay Flowers around, you as a guy that's been in the NFL for a long time, you have to keep it together for him. Right. Make him believe that that no matter how, because in my opinion, hey. Yeah, they had the two. They had the two fumbles. Those were the killers, right? The 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 turning the ball over in the red zone, right? Those were the killers. Um, I think I think being able to be to be show the kid you it's okay that that listen we let just get me another shot, you know. Go through the defense and be like, get me that ball. Um, get me that ball. I just need one shot. You know what I mean? Um, and I I didn't see enough of that. I saw too much negativity. I could be completely wrong, but I just that was one of the things I I saw in my that bothered me um, with the way he he kind of purported himself during the game. And you know what I I think to be honest, it is the you know his playoff experience so far has not been good, and yeah, he's going to win another MVP probably this year, but until he wins that big game in the playoffs and gets to a Super Bowl. That monkey's gonna get bigger and bigger. And bigger. Yep. I mean, like right now it's big. Next year, he's gonna start, you know, hearing, you know, hearing the question marks, you know, hearing the questions going into the playoffs, you know. Can Lamar deliver in the playoffs? And, you know, until he does, he's gonna keep hearing it. And I'm sure he was feeling it on this, like what you're saying. I'm sure he was feeling it. And that's why he looked the way he did. And that's where other guys, like you said, have to get in there and talk to him and be like, yo, the only way we're going to win is with you. So, Yeah, but he's the leader. Right. He's the one that's supposed to go and tell everybody, don't right. worry about this. I got this. Just get me the ball. And that there was none of that going on. No. You know. So, so, yeah. So the Chiefs are back in the... The Chiefs did it again. <laughs> for, this is ridiculous, right? The first yeah. time for... Patrick Mahomes already. This is going to be his fourth Super Bowl. He's already won two, two Super Bowls. How old is he? And how old is kid? How old is he? Twenty eight. Oh yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Like, you know, <laughs> like he's already in. You know, people are already saying, "Oh, he's the greatest." And all right, uh, slow down okay. a little bit. But yeah. you know what? if he does this in six years, if he does another six or ten years like this, yeah, you're going to start talking to him like he's. He's up there with Tom Brady. That that's yep. what I'm looking at with this kid. I mean, it's, yeah. The only on. problem is Big Red probably doesn't have six years in him. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to stick around as long, and it depends on yeah. who gets that head coaching job. So that'll be a whole other. And there has been rumors that he might retire after this year. I don't think so, but you never know. I mean, these guys are just just, like, you know 
Yeah, just give him a few nuggies. He'll be fine. That's it. Exactly. Throw him a <laughs> so anyway, Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl, just as we planned, right? Uh, and yeah, just as we planned. I know I did have them go. I did. Um, did I have them? No, I didn't. I didn't. I had the 49ers. That was that was who I had. <laughs> no, I, I didn't have the Chiefs going. I had the 49ers going for sure. Um, but um, it, 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 you know what was the funniest thing to me all all week? Um, was the was all of a sudden after Patrick Mahomes won, after the Chiefs won, all of a sudden now he's he, you know, people hate Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he's not that good. Hey, you know, <laughs> today today people you know at, at work, yeah, this guy's a system quarterback. It's the system that's good. That's it. It's, you know, I hate that term. It's not, it's not, it's not that, listen, like I told the person that told me that, <laughs> I said, if it was, if Andy Reid's system is so great, why didn't McNabb go to more Super Bowls? Right. Alex hmm? Smith. Why didn't Alex Smith go to more Super Bowls? What are you talking about? Right. I, I just, you, you can't. And the whole, like that, and then we'll, we're going to talk about San Fran in a second. The whole thing about Purdy being a game manager. If that uh, was a game manager that we seen on Sunday night, then that's the guy I want on my team, game managing the, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was not a game manager. I'm sorry. Yeah. That yeah. was not a game. Yeah. He won that game. Yeah, let's, yeah, let, yeah it's definitely, let's, yeah, let's let's talk about uh, about the 49ers. Let's, let's yeah, do that. 34-31, San Fran comes back and wins. They were they were down 24-7 to at halftime. Um, the big thing, I know, and I, I, I want to ask your opinion because – Everybody was killing Campbell, right? For going for yes. it, fourth down both yeah. times. Mm -hmm. And listen, I don't agree with it. Definitely not the second. Second one was a, a, I no way was that the right move. The first one, thinking about it for the last couple of days, I've kind of talked myself into it that I I see his point in going for it on the first right. one. Right? They were up yes. to four seven. At that point, they had all the momentum on their side, right? So if they get mm -hmm. down there, I, he's thinking, you know what? We're going to drive down. We're going to score another touchdown. And we're going to start putting the, the first nail in the coffin if we score here, right? Then they would have been up 31-7 to seven in the third quarter. And that would have been, right. like, we're good, right? So I understand that first one. I'm not going to kill him for the first one. But the second time, the second time you went for it on fourth down, Got to remember the 49ers had all the momentum going the opposite way, right? So they were in trouble. The Lions needed to stop the bleeding somehow, and I think a field goal there would have been right. This way, you kind of give your defense a little bit of confidence to say, "Okay, we put some points up on the board. Now it's your turn to kind of stop them, you know, and maybe give the confidence back to the offense a little bit." So I thought the field goal on the second time that he went for the fourth and fourth and short was the time he should have definitely went for the field. The first one, I'm kind of – I'll give it to him. I'll say, okay, I understand why you went for it. That's your MO and all that. So I get it. But but that was my feeling with those. The, the rest, yeah, the, the, the drops by uh, Reynolds with the Lions, killers. The fumble by, um, by Gibbs was a killer. Goff missed a couple of throws if you want to nitpick there. But um, – other than that, I mean, give, but we're saying all this about Detroit. Let's give San Fran credit for being down 24-7 and fighting back. Brock Purdy, he showed a lot. For me, he showed a lot coming back in this game because if he is, quote-unquote, a game manager, he wouldn't have came back and made the plays that he did with his legs as well. He made a couple of big runs when he needed to, a couple of big throws, obviously, a bunch of big throws. So um, well, what do you think of it? Yeah, I, I think you're right about the Campbell call. The first one is definitely tied to the MO thing. Uh, but if you have a second opportunity to basically what it was, it was going to make it three scores? Yeah, well, the, the first one, yeah. Not the, the first one, the second one. The second one? I'm trying to remember what the score was. Uh, I was, think this. Wasn't that going to tie the game? Because didn't San Fran come back? There, so okay. I'm trying to remember now. It was so the so 
the so it was 14 it was 21 is this it okay so that's 14 7 this might be it here six plays 45 yards 21 7 24 7 yeah, it was gonna make it four scores. No, the second. I thought it was when it was. No, no, it was. It was. Yeah, I thought. I. It looks like to me it was. Oh man. Um, yeah, I, I. Yeah, I can't find. I can't find it myself. I think it was. Um, Thirty-four. I think it was twenty-seven, twenty-four. San Fran. I think it would have tied the game, if I'm not mistaken. The turnover on downs. Yeah. The, the, with the 10 play, okay, I found it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, this was the, the early in the third quarter, after the, the their first drive in the third quarter. That was the first one. The Their first drive, yeah, because San Fran went down the field and scored a field goal in the first, in the third quarter, their, their first drive. Right. 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 Then right. Detroit took over. The score at the time with, the score at the time was. Right. It was 24-10. Right. 24-10. And right. they went for it, and I, I, I'll and they went for it. It was gonna be, it was gonna be twenty-seven ten. Right, it would have been seventeen-point lead. You're talking about exactly, scores. right, right. I'll still give him that one. That's the one I'll give him. It's the second one that he went for. If you remember, there was seven minutes left, seven and a half minutes left, and there was the seven play drive. The seven play drive that that they turned over on down. Seven play drive. Okay, after San Francisco had the. Their second field goal, their first field goal of the fourth quarter, second field goal of the of the of the second half. Basically, um, they had scored the touchdown off of the of the Lions fumble, right? Right. And they had they had the touchdown. So now the score is now it's tied seventeen. Up. Was it? No, no. After the fumble, after the Detroit after the, the after the, the, the after the Detroit fumble, the it was. They tied it. They made it. Oh, right. They tied it because they had scored a touchdown before that. Right. And then the, the, the line right. three and out. And then. Yes. When uh, San Fran gets the ball in the fourth quarter, they go. They, down scored, they went and they a field goal. Right. Tied it. Before. Then. Right. Lions six plays, 45 yards. They get into yes. field goal range. That's when they go for it. Instead of tying the game. You're right. You're right. right. That's the one that they should have. Right. Because. All the momentum was going on San Fran's side there. All of it. Right. Right? Because, because they got touchdown, fumble, touchdown, three and out, field goal. And then yes. now Detroit finally moves the ball downfield, and then they get stopped on fourth down. Right. And, you're right. You're right. And, and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on, I'm on board with you. Um, I think, uh, I think Campbell's ch choice to be, what people to me this there's no way you could call that aggressive you know you're like well this is the part no <laughs> aggression is also right kicking the field goal there that's aggression right putting pressure on your on on your opponent to keep up is part of aggression in my opinion so the fact that to me that's kind of a hard-headed move I man that's what we do type of old school thing that we talk about a lot that we just don't like Right. That has no place in in twenty twenty four NFL football. Um, you have to be flexible as a coach, and you have to sometimes think outside the box. And, and no matter what your system is, and no matter what your viewpoint is, there's times in the game that's called for a little bit of wiggle room from what you would normally do. And a lot of the a lot of the time, that move is what changes the game the game drastically because the chess and checkers thing is real sometimes kind of uh um lulling a opponent to sleep and then giving them something they don't think that you're gonna do is the best way to attack it and him being basically the same guy every time here in my opinion play kind of he kind of played himself like the kids say um i gotta give it to the lions their first half was incredible the numerous um incredible ta incredibly talented 
players they have on offense shot they shoot they sh shine brightly <laughs> you know what i mean um you had the 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 kid the um the the kid that came back um i'm running in that that touchdown the first touchdown and then um um you know gibbs is incredible and, and all that and golf was playing the run the run game was working really well and because of that they were able to manipulate and play and basically beat the Niners at their own game, which is uh, um, kind of beat them up in the middle of the field. And the Niners made the adjustments to stop the run, and then the Lions didn't have an answer for that. Um, that that, in my opinion, was a thing was was one of the best, one of the biggest changes in the game. What also was one of the biggest changes in the game was Brock Purdy's insistence on you will not. I will not lose this game. You, I don't know what got into this kid. I think, I think I heard his coach one time during the season mention that one of the reasons why he loves him is the fact that he's so competitive. It's, it's, it's almost insane how competitive he is. Um, and that kind of competitive nature is the reason, one of the main reasons why he got the starting job. And it, to me, came to life there because he does not exude that type of guy when you watch him, right? He looks like the loner, quiet guy, you know, hey, you know, if, if, if it goes like this, it goes like this. Mm -hmm. To me, getting, standing in, 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 the, in, in the pocket, getting blasted and delivering that, that, that ball to, to, um, to uh, Debo Samuel, um, and then coming off, coming, getting up and going, yeah, you know what I mean? And then, and then they're taking away his throwing lane. So guess what? Oh, you're taking my throwing lanes away? I'm going to start running the football with decisiveness too. Hey, you're going to give me that? I'm gone. You know what I mean? Constantly over and over again. The decision to do that, the decision to be physical enough to take the hits, deliver the balls when, when needs be, stand in the pocket when needs be, in my opinion, kills the narrative that this guy is some kind of game manager. He's not. No. He is not. He is more than that. You, in my opinion, you're starting to see what he is. I don't know what kind of game he's going to play in the Super Bowl, but to me, in his, in that small time that he's been an NFL starter, you've seen everything. He has the makeup of a starting NFL quarterback. He is not the by chance guy that got a, a shot and 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 became the the you know the the teacher's pet and and was given the ball just because. No, that's not who this kid is. This kid is more than this. Oh, without a doubt. I, I don't understand why people keep they're stuck with this narrative that somehow this kid can't be more. He is more. And he's showing you over and over and over again that he is. And the evolution, in my opinion, of his play is what, what basically forced the Niners into the realm that they're standing in now. Because the Lions, the, the 49ers offense is not really the kind of offense that comes back from, from being down. We've seen it so many times in Kyle Shanahan's career. Mm -hmm. That they that their lead leading is what they do best. Coming from behind is not what they do best. What changed what they did was the decisions that that um that Purdy made play in and play out. It wasn't just the design call. It was when plays broke down, his decisions to get on the get on his horse and get out of there. You know what I mean? And 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 take shots and make plays constantly over and over again delivering for his team you could kind of see it too that the that the 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 defense was almost like feeding off of what the offense started doing and it, it was incredible to watch man um even if i think i i kind of fell for the whole lions thing man because you could you can't say enough about what the kind of team these guys are there's a lot of young guys on that team and the fact that they performed to that level to get them to the um, NFC Championship, you know, was kind of that one of those stories that you you know you're gonna be like you know talk to your kids about. 
Yep. Um, but um, but yeah, I'm 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 definitely a Purdy fan, and I love to see what the kid did, and 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 yeah, I listen, you know. Well, his, I'm happy with Purdy. Think about it. How many other, how many quarterbacks would you pick over him right now in the league? Not a lot of them, right? Not, not a lot of them. He's definitely a top ten quarterback in the league. Yeah, not a lot of them because top five. Uh, we we've we've spoken about the the we've spoken about the the quarterback position in the NFL, Chris. Yeah, this is not some. This is something we've we've spoken about. This guy is not one of those guys that you're iffy about. He's just not. I don't care what you want to say about the system and what, and basically all the players he has around him. You got to go out and play the the game too. Yeah. I, the thing I don't understand when people talk about the 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 talent around a player, right, or a quarterback, right, you have to match that energy. If you're playing with a Kittles, you got to match that. If you're playing with a um, 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 Jusnowski or whatever the the, the the fullback's name is, if, you, if you're playing for Debo Samuels, if you're playing for Brandon Ayuk, you got to match that. The only way they respect you if you could match that. I don't care. How you know hum you know regular he looks to you, but I'm betting if you pay close attention to games when he's playing, he's constantly matching the energy output of all the stars that you're mentioning that are so good on his team. That's why they keep coming back to him over and over again because they know he's gonna deliver for them. Because he's he keeps doing it game in and game out. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. And this was a, I mean, this was the biggest game of the year, obviously for them. And he came up the biggest in the biggest game. Unlike yes. Lamar Jackson, who I'm sure a lot of people would pick over him, but you know what? Purdy delivered simple yes. as that. And he delivered very simple in the, in the biggest way being down 24 seven in the yes. biggest game. I mean, I, I don't, I can't, I, there's no way you could watch that game from Sunday night and say, oh, yeah, he's just a game manager. There's no mm -hmm. way. That kid, no. he did a lot more. And listen, and I know a lot of people are looking at it. Well, he was the, you know, the last pick in the draft. I think that's where that comes from. Hey, Chris, before you go, before you go further about what you just said, is that a, the kid's fault or is that no. the fault of all the scouts that think they know exactly what they're talking about? Because they built a system and they understand football and football science and 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 Wonderlic tests and so, but shut the hell up. Exactly. Nobody, none of you, nobody. There is almost no one in this NFL that has a answer to why, how, and when that one of these players pop up. They don't understand. They don't know. They have you. As all you have as a scout, in my opinion, and somebody could probably tell me I'm wrong, right? Over the years, you build a specific thing. You build things that that shine out of a of player of a player that plays a specific position. You know what I mean? As a tackle, there are things as a tackle that make you a tackle. Your athleticism, of course, brute strength, of course your understanding of technique and usage of technique, your experience, right? All these things matched on then probably the pedigree, right? Uh, the Who coached you, which school you went to, all that stuff, right? So you kind of put all these things together in a box, shake it up, and then you go, the combination of that is what I'm looking for, right? But then even that does not go. Sometimes you fail because of that system, and it's hard. Sometimes you just, the guy probably doesn't have the makeup the mental makeup, and you miss that. There is nothing this kid doesn't have. What, he's not tall enough and his arms aren't long enough? What are you talking about? He's playing against the best in the NFL and he's killing it. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me about your system and what you, what you have, what you didn't know about the kid. You missed. Everybody missed. He, yep. he he became the last guy. Everybody thought that what was in his heart or what made him the player he is right now, it was wasn't enough. And he proved it proved everybody wrong. So just shut up. <laughs> Let the kid do what he gotta do. 
exactly. Give the guy credit where credit is due, man. The guy played a great game. Um, but you know what? The Lions are set up, you know, for the future. Um, I think it's going to come down to – I want, it's going to be an interesting offseason for them because Goff has one more year left on his deal. So, yeah, I I agree. They should keep him. They, you know one thing you didn't hear us say? This was Goff's fault. Did we say that? No, I don't think – Because this was. wasn't – no. This was not a Goff – this wasn't Goff, Goff's fault. No, it wasn't Goff's fault. Yeah, he didn't throw. You know what I mean? No, he he did not. He did not. You 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 might say, oh, you double clutch here and there. And so guess what? That that was because the 49ers defense made him. You you might say he's not that type of player that's that's gonna dictate. Hey, listen, fine. But I would I would go as far as saying that their best wide receiver dropped a ball on third down that he shouldn't have. And then the other kid dropped another ball that if both of them, if both these catches had, had been made, I think we were having a different conversation. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely I would keep golf around because I think, I think, man, there, there's, again, they keep questioning the heart of these players, man. You can't tell me after, after watching golf for the last couple of seasons that he ain't legit. No, definitely not. Yeah. He's, he's definitely up there. Um, and he's only 30 years old, so they could easily yeah. sign him to, you know, five, six, seven-year contract. So I, I – At I, least a four- or five-year contract, yeah. I, yeah. Would, I would. Definitely. Yeah, because yeah. think about well, what's your other option. You ain't got it. And it's hard <laughs> to find, bro. It's right. hard to find. Take a Man. shot and draft some kid or – you know, but right now you got such a good team. Why give up your veteran quarterback who's leading your team? So to me, yeah. it's a no-brainer. Sign the guy. Is he really, Chris? Is how old is um how old is uh um Goff? Goff he's thirty. Get the hell out! Or he's gonna I'm sorry he's gonna be thirty in October. That is crazy. Yeah, you feel like he's been around a much. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I I I'm thinking that this dude is older than that. Nah, I would I, if if you tell him you're not extending this guy, you're out of your damn mind. Yeah, because what do you yeah. have? Like, what's your options? Chris, it's hard to find back. these guys. It's hard to find these guys. Oh wait, their op their backup was Bridgewater. Oh, and that oh, you know what? <laughs> oh, Bridgewater's retiring, but they also drafted uh, Hooker. You remember Hendon Hooker right. from Tennessee, I think. Yeah, well, uh, I will tell you what. I will tell you what though. Hendon Hooker has to go out in in off in the off season and prove to me that he could he could right. actually do it. Because that's not happening. You tell you have a quarterback that has led you into the playoffs and and to the NFC Championship, and then what? Just because of youth, you're gonna no, no. It's not gonna be easy that easy, in my opinion. So, yeah, I don't even think that's a, a question. I think Goff is the quarterback. He stays the quarterback, and I think you continue to build around around that team and and add young talent that kind of, uh, you know. Yeah, epitomizes the the Detroit way, you know, whatever that is. Yeah, you could tell he's a he's a leader of the team, and you know what? He got them to the NFC Championship game. They would uh, just a couple of you know. Think about it. If Reynolds doesn't drop, he I think he had two big drops, the Gibbs fumble, plays like that, and also we didn't we didn't talk about it, but I forgot what the guy's name was. Which one missed the um, the interception that bounced off his head? And then it landed right on, and Ayuk picked it up on that long pass. Oh, um, oh, yeah, I can't remember. That's they need corners, <laughs> big time. I uh, mean, the, the the Lions, the Lions. I think the Lions' defense had, had got really well at the end of the season. I think they they did some really good things. Um, I think I think Aleem McNeil up front showed me some things. I think I, you know, I told you from the time he was coming out of college that I re I was really impressed with him. I thought he was going to be a really good player. Um, uh, you know, they have the pass rushes, uh, their linebackers are fine. I, you're right. I think the back end of that defense needs, needs a little bit of iron. And um, it was, was it Vildor? Was that the guy? Yes. Vildor was the one, the ball hit right in his face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, he is more of a. I, I think he's a more physical guy. He's more of a close to the line of scrimmage guy. I think that's why you saw him struggle a little bit 
catching the ball that far downfield. So um, that's why they need to find some players that they could insert into, the, you know, asking to play, you know, deeper downfield and all that stuff and probably getting a little bit more talent in that corner. It's probably something they need to do too. But I think, I think, I think because you have the quarterback, because you have the running back, because you have the, the offensive line and all these things, I think it's, it makes it easier to go out and get these guys. No. Yeah, definitely. Like they're they're missing a couple of pieces on defense, right? To really say, okay, we could go up against any team in the league. I yeah, think. corner definitely. I agree with you. They definitely couple pieces they, back yeah. there because and they got yeah, most definitely and their safeties are good, right? They got yeah. uh, uh, Malafanu. They got I don't know if yeah. Johnson is signed past this year, but you got Brian Branch. Yeah, yeah. branches, branches, a beast, man. Yeah, so yeah. It's not like they have no talent back there, you know. Yep. But yep, yep, it's just the corners. Yeah, it's just the corners that are iffy, man. They they need to get two of them. Yeah, if they could get yeah, if they could get one at least in the draft and maybe sign one, I think that yeah. that's a team. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good team going into next season. So again, I think you got to sign Goff. Do it this off season too. Get it out of the way. You don't want to deal with that during the season. If they don't get it done this off season, that's all you're gonna hear about all season long. Right. Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, he's going to be a free agent. Are you going to sign him? So don't even don't even have that cloud following this team all next season. Get it done in the offseason. Sign him. Say, boom, you're our guy. Let's let's finish this. You know, let's let's get to the Super Bowl next year. You know, so. Yes. Um, yeah. So two really good games sets up another Chiefs against 49ers Super Bowl, which we had a few years ago. Chiefs won that one. And and this is you talk about here's you talked about Lamar Jackson with that uh monkey on his back, right? You know who else has one too is <laughs> right? Yeah, I have to say yeah. he's yeah. great and he's a great head coach. I'm not saying anything bad, right? He's got a lot of guys that have worked under him that are head coaches now, littered throughout the league. So he's obviously good at what he does, but <laughs> no Super Bowl yet. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know you start putting that Super Bowl in front of his name, Super Bowl winner in front of his name, and I think you're starting to have a different conversation of where he sits, yeah, in the pantheon of coaches. So it's uh, it's an interesting thing, man. Um, for you to know how innovative that he's been in his career and how much he's changed the the careers of so many players that he definitely has to become one of these, you know, conversation starters NFL-wise. You know, can't mention NFL without, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Um, and I think, you know, especially having a father with the pedigree we are talking about when Mike Shanahan, that I think it's it's even more important that he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And – Again, he's another guy that's going to hear it forever. And and he's young. I mean, he's only, what, 40 some, 44 years old, Kyle Shanahan. So he's just he's just starting. And he's been, uh, you know, head coach now. This is his seventh year. And, you know, he's already been to 11 playoff games. He's got eight wins out of those 11 games. So he's he is successful, obviously. But he does not have that Super Bowl ring yet. And can this be the year? Um, and we'll definitely get into it next week for sure. Um I did want to mention before we go, um, <clears throat> the Marty Lyons Foundation picked us to win a couple of signed uh, football cards, one by Marty Lyons and the other one by Lance Mel, another great defensive player for us back in the 80s. Um, so we did win that. Um, we did win that uh, kind of drawing or competition. And I just wanted to say thank you to them for picking us. Um, it means a lot. You know, I met Marty Lyons years ago at a Jet game. Could not be a nicer guy. Um, definitely look out for his foundation. Um, if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's uh, Marty Lyons, the Marty Lyons Foundation. It's Marty Lyons uh, FDN. And also check out their website, martylyonsfoundation.org um, to see what they're about. Um, they're same thing like a Make-A-Wish Foundation. So if you want to donate, definitely do that as well or look for any uh, events they have coming up. 
Uh, but I just wanted to say thank you again for picking us <laughs> to win our. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome because you know it's nice to win things, especially for us Judge fans. Unfortunately, <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> I hate to do that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's true. It's true. As <laughs> as much as we wish it wasn't, it is what it is. And yeah, we love when we win things. Yes. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us. Um, enjoy the uh, the Super Bowl week coming up. We know what kind of week that is, but enjoy it. And uh, we'll be back next week, and we're going to preview the Super Bowl. So we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>